This is She Sparks Tech, a podcast about women who take technology to heart in their careers. We will explore stories about women who think creatively, find new directions, solve problems, and chase passions, all through technology. I'm your host, Casey Bertelsman, and I am excited about showcasing amazing women and their careers, covering both expected and unexpected directions to expand our idea of tech careers, and in hopes of inspiring each of us to think a little bit bigger. Hello, and welcome to She Sparks Tech. History serves as an important way of recording the past. By being able to recognize important figures, people can understand current circumstances and pave the way for a better future. However, for centuries, black voices have been erased from the historical narrative, as storytelling has been told primarily by white voices and predominantly celebrates white figures. Many students, including myself, have not been taught about the contributions of black people, especially black women, to this country's history. And even when they are, those lessons are often cursory and superficial and minimize the impact of those contributions. And this is true across all industries, but especially so in STEM. In fact, a recent study found not only that scientist features in textbooks are still predominantly white men, but that no black women scientists at all were represented in the textbooks studied. And this study analyzed more than 1,000 scientific names featured in seven modern biology textbooks that are used to teach undergraduates entering science and medicine in the United States. Overall, 13% of the scientists featured were women, and 6.7% were from Black, Asian, and minority ethnic backgrounds. But out of that 6.7%, none of them are Black women represented. And previous research has shown the importance of diverse, relatable role models in science. And Dr. Sissy Ballin of Auburn University in Alabama has stated that it's important not only to be able to see anyone like you in these textbooks that we're using, but it's a really negative effect when we do not see someone who looks like yourself. So I went through, I did a little digging, I did some research, and I've collected stories of some of the forgotten black women in tech history. And I'm sure there are countless more than the ones that I have in front of me. I'm sure I could speak for days, months, maybe years, sharing stories of these amazing women. But we're gonna just, we're gonna start with a handful and help bring these stories out of the darkness. Um, So first up, I have Melba Roy Mooton. And Melba Roy was the head of the group of NASA mathematicians known as computers who track the echo satellites. In the 1960s, Melba Roy served as assistant chief of research programs at NASA's Trajectory and Geodynamics Division and led a group of mathematicians in the agency that were known as computers. After receiving a master's degree in mathematics from Howard University, Mooton began work at NASA in 1959, where she worked as the head of mathematicians for Echo Satellites 1 and 2. 
In addition to her work on the satellites, she devoted some time to seminars on a programming language and wrote an article for NASA regarding computer code. Mooton worked her way up to become head computer programmer and after that, program production section chief at Goddard Space Flight Center. While at NASA, Mooton was awarded the Apollo Achievement Award and an Exceptional Performance Award. Next up, we have Marion Croak, and when it comes to modern history, Marion Croak has been a leading figure in the field of technology. Croak developed voice over internet protocol as someone who worked in the electrical engineering design for buildings area. Um, we always called it VOIP, V-O-I-P, and Marion is the current vice president of engineering at Google. Croak began her career in 1982 when she worked at AT&T Bell Laboratories. Some of her first positions involved work with voice and data communication, which contributed to the advancement of phone features, such as text messaging and calling. Croak eventually went on to hold the position of Senior Vice President of Applications and Services Infrastructure, where she oversaw the work of over 2,000 engineers and computer scientists. In 2014, she left AT&T Labs and began work at Google in her current position. And Marion Croak has more than 200 patents. So you could say she's definitely leaving her mark on the tech industry there. Next, I have Dr. Gladys West, and Dr. Gladys West was inducted into the Air Force Space and Missile Pioneers Hall of Fame during a ceremony in her honor at the Pentagon in Washington, D.C. in December 2018. And Gladys West is a computer programmer and project manager for the Naval Surface Warfare Center and creating the foundation for GPS technology. From a young age, West dedicated a lot of time and attention to her studies, and she graduated at the top of her high school class and earned a degree in mathematics from Virginia State University. Shortly after graduation, she pursued a career in teaching, but returned to university after two years so she could seek further career advancement and education. By 1965, West was working at the Naval Surface Warfare Center, where she worked in data collection, processing, and computer programming. Though West made significant contributions to technology, not many people knew of her work until after she attended an alumni event. Next, I have Marsha Ray Williams, and Marsha Ray Williams became the first African-American woman to receive a doctorate in computer science, and was one of the first African-Americans to teach in the Department of Engineering and Computer Science at the University of Mississippi in Oxford. Williams began her secondary education at Beloit College, where she obtained a bachelor's degree in physics in 1969. And then Williams obtained two master's degrees, one in physics and one in systems and information science, before eventually obtaining her doctorate in computer science in 1982, where she wrote a dissertation about the beginnings of user experience in querying databases. In addition to her career in academia, Williams has also been a huge advocate for promoting minority representation in STEM careers.
And the fifth woman I have here to talk about from history is Katherine Johnson, who was a mathematician who worked as a computer at NASA. Her calculations allowed for astronaut John Glenn to successfully orbit around the Earth in 1962. You know what they say about successful men and the women who are always somewhere in the background behind them. Mm-hmm. We see it. Another central figure who worked alongside Katherine Johnson during the computations was Dorothy Vaughn, NASA's first African-American manager. Katherine Johnson began working in the field of aeronautics in 1952. She was inquisitive and bold, and due to her impressive skills, was quickly able to rise in rank. Though electronic computers became more prominent by 1969, Johnson was still looked to as valuable and an important figure. She worked on calculations for Apollo 11 before it took off and helped in making sure that Apollo 13 had the right navigation systems to return from its mission safely after an oxygen tank failure. Uplifting black women's stories is key to changing a cultural narrative that alienates black women and prevents them from seeing themselves as leaders and innovators. In fact, black women only hold 3% of computing jobs in the U.S. And understanding the importance of black women's contributions to tech isn't just critical for reasons of representation, but it also impacts the efficacy of tech today and future innovations in the field. Take AI, for example. It's been in the news a lot lately, but we're not talking about that specifically. Um, I want to talk about the research of Dr. Joy Bulamvini, a black woman, to reveal how facial analysis tools failed to recognize black faces as easily as they did white ones. And Dr. Joy Bulamvini is an AI researcher, artist, and advocate. She founded the Algorithmic Justice League to create a world with more equitable and accountable technology. Her TED featured talk on algorithmic bias has over 1.5 million views. Her MIT thesis methodology uncovered large racial and gender bias in AI services from companies like Microsoft, IBM, and Amazon. Her research has been covered in more than 40 countries, and as a renowned international speaker, she has championed the need for algorithmic justice at the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. She serves on the Global Tech Panel, convened by the Vice President of European Commission to advise world leaders and technology executives on ways to reduce the harms of AI. And if you want to learn more about Dr. Joy Bulamvini, um, her website is poetofcode.com. She considers herself a poet of code. And she's just really a badass. Um, you start looking and you're like, hot damn. Like, I want to be like this woman. Just, She's just so amazing. And she's one of so many hardworking black women in tech today. I have a few more that I want to highlight that I think are really interesting and fun. So let's dive into those. First, I have Kimberly Bryant, who is the founder of Black Girls Code, and she is an accomplished electrical engineer 
Black Girls Code is a nonprofit organization that focuses on providing technology and computer science education to young women of color. She is pioneering the movement to increase the number of women of color in the tech industry. Now we have Valerie Thomas, and Valerie Thomas changed the way that we consume content as she managed the development of NASA's image processing system for Landsat, the first satellite to send images from outer space. And this is widely considered to be the basis for 3D technology. Dr. Shirley Jackson was the first African-American woman to earn a doctorate in nuclear physics at MIT. Her experience led the way for numerous developments in the telecommunication space, including the invention of fiber optic cables that link the world's communication system. She also worked in theoretical physics to develop the touch-tone phone, the portable fax, caller ID, and call waiting. Lisa Gelobter developed code for an animation software and that facilitated publishing video and the creation of what we all know as the GIF. And so she is the reason we use those to communicate today. And Lisa is also the CEO of Techwitable and uses technology to provide an independent, confidential platform to address the issues of bias, harassment, and discrimination. Links to learn more about these badass women are in the show notes. And I mean, gender diversity breeds higher quality products, companies, and sectors. And these different backgrounds, experiences, and ideas ultimately help make our business sectors stronger. You see the amazing things that these women are responsible for and have contributed to. Um, and we would see so many different life's functionality would be so different without these contributions. And Grace Hopper, who is an early tech pioneer in computer science, said that the most dangerous phrase in the language that we use within tech is, we've always done it this way. And she wasn't just commenting on how using outdated knowledge is harmful to building a product. It's the concept of denying new ideas, especially those from women, that will ultimately do more harm than good. For an industry like tech that praises bold ideas, the boldest idea of them all might be to just hire more women. Um, and there are five ways that we can support women's careers in tech if you aren't already doing these. The first being give credit when credit's due. And an easy way to show praise and bring unnoticed work to light is to send out frequent emails or internal messages to your group highlighting ideas and projects brought about by women. The second way we can do this is requiring diverse candidate pools for hiring, promotions, and board seats. Instead of gathering a high-quality pool of candidates of different genders, races, and backgrounds, some companies rush to hire the first candidate they can to fill their dire need. But accepting more women into the interview process and taking the time to create that strong, diverse pool of candidates ensures a diversity of quality ideas in the future for that company. 
I, way number three is to hire based on potential and not just competencies and backgrounds. And tech companies should be hiring on some basis of potential because companies can hire based on traits like curiosity, engagement, drive, passion, and insight to truly figure out who is on the fast track for management and executive level positions. Yes, there is typically a baseline for competency, but what you'll find with most jobs in tech, if you have the capacity to learn, you can be taught to do so much of this work. But the curiosity, the passion, the people skills are so much harder to teach than some of the other technical work that is completed. Number four, put hiring managers and evaluators through unconscious bias training. Unconscious bias is one of the biggest threats to diversity in the workplace, also known as implicit bias. Unconscious biases are the underlying attitudes and stereotypes people associate with a person or groups of people. These can be found within almost every step of the hiring process. One of the biggest offenders of unconscious bias is assessing for culture fit. Here, candidates are judged whether they'll get along with a team or share similar interests. And since tech is still a male-dominated sector, it's more than likely they'll unconsciously view other men as having a better culture fit for their team than a woman. Unconscious bias training programs are designed to expose people to these biases that they have and provide the necessary thought exercises and tools to counteract those behavior. These training sessions have become an important approach to fixing the issue of diversity in the workplace. And way number five is to increase flexible working options. Instituting more flexible working options is imperative to retain talent and foster a growing pipeline of qualified working mothers. 64% of women want to see an increase in flexible working arrangements, whether that's location, office or at home, or work times. The nine to five job and rigidity of staying only at the office or only at home should become obsolete to help working mothers balance childcare and other personal matters with their careers. And these personal matters are also additional unpaid work within the home or the family that traditionally fall to women. So hopefully you can see ways to start implementing those five um, ways we can encourage diversity in the workplace, hiring more women. Um, the one that anyone can do no matter what your role is, is giving credit when credit is due and highlighting um, wonderful things that your team members are doing. And thank you so much for joining me on this episode of She Sparks Tech, where we are trying to promote diversity through representation, helping each of us see people who look like us doing badass work in tech of all kinds. I strongly believe in the power of diverse voices making an impact in the workplace and hope to see this grow exponentially in the years to come. Check out the resources and references I've dropped in the show notes for all of the information that I collected for this episode, especially if you want to learn more. And you can find me on Instagram at SheSparksTech for the features that we are doing for Black History Month and Women in Tech. Cheers. Mm-hmm.